You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Kip Adams at Dogs 247, joined by my esteemed colleague, Rusty Mansell, also at Dogs 247. Jake, down in Miami, having to be down there, and he was secret squirreling it on Monday, able and to and down. get some news down there, hiding out in airports, hiding out in hotels, uh, you know, got the binoculars out, and I mean, so far... The big news of the week, as we are a little over three days from this orange ball, was that Jake was able to confirm Monday night, obviously big news, that JT Daniels has cleared COVID protocols, joining the team. George Pickens, also down in Miami, expected to join the team. And Todd Monken basically confirmed as much on Tuesday, speaking with uh, the reporters that they're expected to have all hands on deck, expected to have Pickens, expected to have JT Daniels. And... And that's that's the biggest news right now and, and the big news. And we are with no media availability. We're basically going to be just be watching when we get out there on Friday, Jake and I at Hard Rock Stadium to see who all is out there and, and whoever's available to the media reporters after the practices on Zoom. We'll assume those guys are still good to go. But as we record this podcast, everyone's, you know, good to go that we know of. And I mean, that's good news. And it looks rusty that. I mean, that is kind of the storyline. Everyone's we're going to talk about the quarterbacks, obviously, but having Pickens is big news. I think that, you know, just knowing that as of right now, everyone is with the team, seeing all of these bowls get canceled and seeing the availability of players being a big factor, thinking, you know, right now that we have everyone, that's good news for Georgia. Yeah, we're not going to get into the what we believe is right or wrong, but, you know, the ACC has canceled several a couple ACC teams have canceled and their bowl their testing is different than from what I understand everyone else um so I I I don't expect any issues for George they may be a player or two pop up between there and now uh but I I don't expect to be an issue and let it be noted that you you and Jake draw the tough duty of covering a bowl in South Beach where uh if if Georgia wins I go to uh warm and sunny uh Indianapolis so uh, you guys really struggled on Friday down there trying to make it and survive in that in that nice balmy uh, 80 degree air on Friday as New Year's Eve comes in. But um, you know, getting back to your first subject there, talking about Todd Monken, talking about uh, Stetson Benham, that's really no surprise to us. Um, you know, we've said it all along. Until I see JT Daniels take uh, meaningful snaps, this is Stetson Bennett's team, and he pretty much said today that uh, they made the decision to go with Stetson Bennett. They feel like as a staff. Uh, that he gives them the best opportunity to win. Um, and and that's the end of it. I mean, this is Stetson Bennett's team. This has kind of been, uh, you know, our theme here, Kip, for a long time, uh, probably since probably the week before Florida. We, we've all kind of said, hey, now, you know, we do cover this thing. Um, and, and it was really good news last night that Jake broke, that JT Daniels was in Florida because that adds, you know, another guy that if something, you know, Stetson Bennett's not able to, finished a game for some whatever reason, then that's a guy that we feel like would come in. But right now, this is Stetson Bennett. Uh, this is going to be Stetson Bennett the rest of the year. This is his team. 
and it has been his team for a long time. Didn't play great against Alabama, but I still, I still think uh, you know that that game was not on Stetson Bennett as much as people want to point you know point the finger um, with defensively some of the things he made some throws that certainly didn't help his case. I'm, I'm going to be clear on that, but I think too much of the attention. I've watched that game three times now. Too much of the attention uh, went towards Stetson Bennett because I'm telling you, Georgia got freaking gashed. I mean, they got gashed uh, defensively. They were they wore them out and and they couldn't stop Alabama. And and you know if Mechie doesn't go out, that game is that game is over in the second quarter. So maybe Georgia get a chance to um, you know right the ship, kind of say w- against Alabama. But right now they got a big time matchup Friday night kip against Michigan. Yeah, they do. And just keeping along talking about quarterbacks, I mean, you've you said that every week we would ask, you know, all the fans would ask, what do we think is going to happen to quarterback position? And you've said for, you know, a couple months now that this is Stetson Bennett's team. And and that's the truth. I think Todd Monken's comments echoed that, that, you know, to them, Stetson Bennett could, took control of this team and never looked back. And I think that's the, the coaching decision they also made. We're sticking with this guy. He's earned it. They think the his play in practice and on the field has earned that. And there's no one's hiding behind the fact that he didn't have a good game. Uh, pass protection was not good. I think Alabama basically did everything right in that game defensively to, to make life miserable for Georgia's offense. They were not able to run the ball efficiently. Uh, Setson did not have a clean pocket. And I think you look at this this game ahead with Michigan, well, we know that Stetson Bennett's going to be that starting quarterback as long as he's healthy and he's ready to play. That much is established. So that that conversation ends there. Whether or not he has a shorter leash, whether or not JT Daniels, you know, is given more opportunity to play than than normal, that can be debated. I think the game's going to dictate that and how Stetson Bennett goes out there and plays. But I mean, looking at the matchup against Michigan, I think protecting Stetson Bennett is is going to be the key storyline for Georgia's offense. And, you know, having a healthy Jamari Sawyer, I mean, that's going to be crucial for that because we obviously know the best, you know, maybe they face the best pass rusher in the SEC championship in Will Anderson, but the the best senior pass rusher in the country for sure, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, a guy that might be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft this year. Uh, that's going to be the the main key focus f- for Georgia's offensive line. If you're able to keep Stetson Bennett, you know, clean in the pocket, he is able to make national championship plays. And Todd Munkin said as much that that he has the ability to make plays that can win them a national championship. I think for Georgia and Georgia fans, the key to that is b- protecting Stetson Bennett and, and giving him time to to be able to see the whole field. And that's going to be the key matchup in this game. It's not just Aiden Hutchinson, David Ojabu as well. I mean, they're going to utilize all of their guys in the defensive front seven. You know, they're going to give different looks. They're going to fake, you know, fake blitzes. And then they might send the house some as well. And so it's up to, it's up to Georgia's offensive line. They're, they're running backs and linebackers to, to give sets enough time to, to, to make plays and to make the kind of plays that can give Georgia a chance to win. I mean, we've seen them play you know, high powered offense. We've seen them play really well against team this year and they have the opportunity to do that against Michigan. It's not doom and gloom because they lost the game. Last I checked all, you know, Michigan, Alabama, all these teams have played and lost the game this year, just like Georgia is. Georgia just happens to be in the, in, in the rare position of coming into the playoff, coming off a loss. It's just a different, you know, that that's kind of given a different narrative to, to Georgia's team, even though they were the best team, 
for the entire regular season. And in my opinion, still the most talented team in this college football playoff. All eyes are on the quarterback, Rusty, and, and, and what he's able to do. But I think you would agree that protecting him is probably the key to this game. I can tell you this without hesitation. If there's a player at the University of Georgia that I know more, it would have to be Jamari Salyer. I've known Jamari since he was 14 years old. Uh, first time he came to MVP camp, I'm like, who is this guy? Um, and that's when I met Andrew Thomas and Jamari Salyer, both at very young players out of Pace Academy in Atlanta. Um, Jamari is looking forward to facing Hutchinson. He understands who he is. He understands also what that tape is worth to him because here's a guy that's been banged up a lot more than people know going into this season. He was banged up going into Clemson. Uh, he's been banged up. This might be the most healthy he's been all year. And who knows? He might have trouble with him all game, but he might not. But I can tell you this, there's nobody looking forward to playing uh, this elite, elite pass rusher more than Jamari Sire. Jamari just cut from a different cloth. I mean, I've spent – a ton of time. I spent a whole day with him at a camp. Uh, we were both working this summer when he was coaching uh, the, the seventh and eighth graders at an FBU camp and just really spent some time around Jamari. And this kid is, is, is such a, just a awesome kid. I mean, university of Georgia is very, uh, they're better for having Jamari Sire as a student athlete and what he'll do later in life. And uh, being a spokesman and, and a, a, you know, a graduate of this university, but I'll tell you this, Getting down to Friday night, he's looking forward to that. And we'll find out now. I mean, it's, this this guy could go number one, as you said, Kip. But I think Georgia fans should be excited because Jamari Sawyer is going to buckle it up and he's going to give him four quarters of everything he has. And that's a very good thing. I mentioned one last thing on quarterbacks that um, – <clears throat> and, and Coach Munkin mentioned this, but I'm always very careful. And, Kip, we, we understand why. But <clears throat> I'm always very careful when you mention – young quarterbacks and things like that because it's just different attention. But I'll tell you this, since about Florida, uh, I continue to hear that Brock Vandergriff is really taking steps forward. And I'll say this right now, he has the best arm in that room. He has the best arm in that room. The ball comes out of Brock Vandergriff's hand different than anybody else in that room. JT Daniels, none of them have the arm that Brock Vandergriff has. Now, you got to be able to process. you got to be able to have – uh, you know, accuracy, all those things. So that's that's taking a little bit of time with him. And and he's but he is a big kid. I think people when they see him don't realize how big he is. This kid's six foot three, legit. He's a dual threat guy, can run. So he's had a really good, really good fall practice. I mean, a bowl practice. Uh, he's really started to take those steps forward to Georgia. So as you look forward towards some spring things, just kind of tuck that away and we'll see if he carries that over. But since about Florida. Brock Vandergriff has really stepped up and he's really start. The game is starting to slow down a little bit for him, but I'll tell you this physically wise, nobody in that room looks like him and nobody has an arm. He's got, you want to see him put everything together, but that kind of, I'll kind of end the quarterback discussion on that. And then the other, obviously the other big news I mentioned at the, at the top of the podcast is getting George Pickens, you know, ha having his availability and, you know, we saw him, you know, play against Georgia Tech, play a little bit more against Alabama. But now, I mean, they've had three weeks. You know, you you don't want to assume, but you think that, you know, he's going to progress a little bit further, getting more confidence in that knee. 
you know, getting closer to 100%. You can't you really use percentages. We don't use them in predicting recruits. We shouldn't really use them in how healthy they are after playing, you know, over a dozen football games. No one, no one's 100% at, at this stage of the season. But him being available and being more confident out there, that does give, you know, Stetson Bennett another big-time weapon out there. I mean, I, I'm trying to think, what should we expect from George Pickens? I'm thinking, you know, he gets in the rotation now. We should be thinking 20, 25 snaps. You know, obviously Georgia does have kind of a six, seven-man rotation out there, wide receiver right now. If everyone's healthy, George Pickens is still probably the most talented receiver in that room right now, not named Brock Bowers if we're starting to get, you know, real particular as far as pass catchers go. But you add a guy like that to this group, I mean, that definitely gives Sets another guy he knows he can depend on if, he, you know, throwing the ball downfield. It's sudden death time, Kip. I mean, I don't know at this point. I think you play George Pickens as many snaps as you can get him because if you don't play well Friday night, the season's over. Saturday doesn't matter. Now, health-wise, everything we've heard from our end that he's he's checked out and ready to go. So you got him some snaps, Georgia Tech. You got him some snaps against Alabama. You've had two and a half, three weeks now to get him and continue to football shape. Uh, had a little COVID setback, gets in town last night. But, you know, for me, uh, you know, if I'm the Georgia staff, if he's cleared medically, which he – Obviously, he is. It's time to go. I mean, it's go time because this is sudden death. Your season is over uh, Friday night before, you know, 11 p.m. if you lose this game. So, George Pickens makes Georgia better. Um, and listen, this kid's worked his tail off. I'm, I'm, I'll eat a little crow. I, when he got hurt, I thought he would never play another snap at Georgia. And I made that clear on the junkyard. Everybody I talked to us, I would be shocked if this kid comes back. You know what? He came back. So, uh, I'll eat a little crow there. And, and you don't go through everything you go through to come back and go, look, I can give you 14 snaps. I know George Pickens too. And I'll tell you this about George Pickens. Uh, I watched him in a seven on seven tournament one time. It was freezing cold. And the next day he come right back into a Nike uh, camp at, in, um, at Buford. I think Kip, we were all there freezing cold and George Pickens ran routes all day. One-on-ones. He couldn't get enough. That told me how much he loves the game. So, you know, if I know George Pickens' is the way, I think I know him. He's ready to go. He's telling Kirby Smart, Cortez Hankton, let's go. It's go time because Friday night is sudden death. Season over if you lose. Exactly. And I think if you're Georgia, I mean, that gives you the ability to, to do more play action on early downs. It gives you the ability to, to really keep Michigan's defense on their heels. Like I said, they're going to try to put pressure on Stetson, get him into those you know definite passing downs. That's the key to – to beating Georgia's offense right now. And the, and the key to preventing that is, is to keep that defense be unpredictable. And again, extending the plays uh, with Stetson Bennett's legs, finding guys like George Pickens, if they're having to, you know, if it was on the break off their route, I think that you definitely want a guy who can win a 50, 50 battle. And there's not going to be a player on the field Friday. Who's better at winning 50, 50 battles than George Pickens. That's what he does. So it's definitely a big bonus for, for Georgia's offense. We're going to go ahead and take a break. And on the other side, we'll talk defensive matchups and take a couple of your questions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, guys, we've we've talked quarterbacks enough. I know we could do a two-hour show just talking about quarterbacks you would want us to. I don't know how much everyone would enjoy that at some point. You know, we know who the starting quarterback is right now for Georgia, Stetson Bennett, but what about Michigan? I think that this matchup, it's really intriguing. If we're talking about strength on strength, I mean, there's no doubt this is a smash-mouth football game when you look at it. And it seems like Michigan does not plan to deviate from what got them here. And, I mean, that's running the football. I don't think a team runs the football uh, as much as really as Michigan does as far as just going right up the gut. And they're going right into Georgia's strength as far as what Georgia's able to do defensively. Uh, Rusty, this, this seems like a thing, a matchup where, I mean, not just strength on strength, it's elite on elite. And if you're – Dan Laning, you're thinking about Oregon, obviously, but you're also thinking about the, this matchup and you're kind of salivating because this is an opportunity to really showcase uh, the guys, that the system that you've run, the players you've recruited, and to uh, get back on track as Georgia's defense being one of the best uh, to take the field in the last decade. I mean, they're coming off, obviously, by far their force, poorest performance in a while, but they're still one of, if not the most talented defense we've seen in the last couple of years. And I think that this is an offense that just, I mean, again, like I said, it, it just really matches up well with what Georgia likes to do as far as X's and O's. Yeah, I mean, this is a break your wheel game for both teams because Michigan wants to run the football and they know the strength of Georgia and Georgia wants to run the football. I mean, that's just, that's just, that you know, that's the way you do things and, uh, Georgia throws the ball uh, more than Michigan, obviously, from what I, I've seen. Okay, but um, you know, Michigan really wants to establish a run with those backs and kind of get downhill on you. Well, what's Georgia built for? Georgia is built to stop the run. Like nobody, uh, Alabama had some spurts, but as far as running the ball at Georgia, it's been hard to do for anybody for about a year and a half now. So, you know, I, Michigan's message is going to be, hey we're going to run the ball at Georgia. You know, what's coming. We'll see what happens. I think Georgia wants to establish the run. Uh, but, but I think Georgia, when you look at things, they're a little more explosive on the outside and, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, but you know, a, a name that really kind of, for whatever reason, gets lost in the shuffle and Kip, I know you've talked about him several times during the seasons, Jermaine Burton. I mean, Jermaine Burton has got top end speed. I think this is a guy that if Georgia is going to win, Friday night in another game, they got to get him involved because he's got some top-end speed. I know there's going to be so much attention, obviously, on Brock Bowers after that Alabama game. You know, if I'm Michigan, you better know where he is. Mike McDonald has probably had some sleepless nights thinking about a freshman tight end. So I, I think when you look at, uh, you know, some of the matchups for Georgia uh, in Michigan, I think this is a break-your-wheel game. You know, you, you hear the fiery speeches – you heard the speech from Kirby Smart, like he wanted to break some, you know, what's, and I'm sure that, you know, when he leaves that locker room, um, 
at some point Friday night, he's going to use some some words that probably aren't ready for social media uh, about establishing who Georgia is, what they do, and stopping the run. Because this game right here is one inside the box on both sides of the ball, Kip. Yeah, exactly. This is, uh, I mean, this has got to be Rocky Four, right? I mean, that's <laughs> what we're looking at right now. This is definitely a, a, a game that it's going to come down to stamina in the third and fourth quarter because unless a team just has a great backup plan and deviates from from what they're wanting to do uh michigan i think they have 39 rushing touchdowns and there's not a team that again that tries to run the ball between the tackles more than michigan does but georgia I think the most uh, one run, uh, running backs got on them as far as rushing yards. I think Damian Pierce had like sixty nine rushing yards. Uh, that's the and uh, the most like legit rushing. I think Georgia Tech had like one hundred and ten rushing yards before it got in the end of garbage time. So it, it's strength on strength. It's it's an inside zone game. They're not going to run the stretch a lot, but. Georgia's run defense they've 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 played against every run scheme so far this year I I think uh South Carolina tried to have a lot of success outside the tackles it didn't work and so I mean if you're Georgia it's all about just having Devontae Wyatt having Jalen Carter having Jordan Davis out there those guys can all control the line of scrimmage if you're Michigan I mean the only the only aspect you can really look for is do we have a guy that uh, can test Georgia's DBs again uh, because obviously they're going to have to throw the ball at certain times in this game, and I think their their quarterback is going to have to be efficient. and And I think that's really where the question mark becomes for Michigan: is can can Cade McManera make enough plays in the passing game to keep Georgia's defense honest? And I mean, when JJ McCarthy's on the field, I mean there's a pretty good idea that he's probably going to run the ball. And I mean, Georgia's faced quarterbacks like that. We've seen that type of system before. So that's not really going to be a look that Georgia hasn't seen. The only other aspect of this game is the fact that Michigan does do a lot of trick plays, more trick plays. I mean, I saw, you saw it against Iowa. They had multiple trick plays in that game. I think Donovan Edwards, uh, a player we, I mean, we've talked about on this podcast. He was a big Georgia target that ultimately chose Michigan yeah, he threw one of the best passes I've seen from a Michigan uh, uh, thrower this year. He threw a what seventy-five yard touchdown pass uh, against Iowa. I mean, it was a, a pretty looking ball too. I mean, running back, quarterback, regardless of position, those are the type of plays that Josh Gaddis, you know, that got you know got him the Broyles Award. That you know he he's able to to dial up some trick plays when he needed. I know that they had a flea thicker in that game as well. They're not afraid to use trickeration. And, and so that's just something where if you're Georgia, you got to be disciplined out there. You got to be ready for anything. And there's going to be non-quarterback plays. There might be wide receiver end arounds. You know, they're going to try to put pressure on Georgia's defense and slow down their ability to diagnose and attack the football in that way. So again, they're going to try to get tricky, but at the end of the day, this just feels like a game where third and fourth quarter, it's going to be about who has the better depth. I think that's kind of where Georgia stands out. I think that's, you know, what's going to help them really pull apart in this game. Let's take some of your questions from the chat right now. Lawson Cooper first. Where do you think Georgia's offense should attack Michigan's defense? I think Rusty mentioned earlier. 
You know, if I'm looking at a guy who can have a breakout game, it's Jermaine Burton. I just think you you look at the speed they have in the secondary, you, you're, you're going to want to test those guys and, and see what they're able to, to do out there. I think you look at their cornerbacks, you know, they got guys with pretty good size, guys that have been solid tacklers this year. But, if you know, what can Dax Hill do at the, at the nickel? Can he match up with, with Jermaine Burton? I think that's going to be an issue for Michigan. And if you're able to exploit that for Georgia – it's just another guy in the passing game that that Stetson Bennett's going to be able to rely on him. And we know Brock Bowers is probably going to get his because he got his on anyone and everyone he wanted to this year. And so, I mean, he's going to be a guy that Michigan's going to have to put a couple guys on. They're going to have to bracket him. And even then, he's still going to make some plays. So that opens it up for Georgia and opens up for the other guys in this offense. And and I think that if you're looking for a guy that can kind of do it all, it is Jermaine Burton. He's going to have a couple plays designed just for him that's going to allow him to utilize his his ability after the catch. And I think that's that's really a situation where Stetson has to avoid keying in on Bowers throughout the game and know and trust that Pickens, that Burton, that he has Lab McConkey, that he has other guys he can trust to make big plays. And I think that's really – uh, where Georgia's offense can be at its best. When you know that you got James Cook out there as a reliable pass catcher, you know you have guys that Stetson Bennett can trust out there. Next question from Aaron King. Do we get Chris Smith back healthy? It, it, I mean, Rusty, uh, Jake's probably the best guy for this because he's down there, but right now all we can take is, is what they're giving us as far as uh, in the quotes, and it sounds like, you know, he's close to being back. And, I mean, Chris Smith met with reporters uh, on Boyd. I mean, he did Zoom meetings with reporters on Monday. And when, when they send guys out, out there to do interviews, it kind of gives you a hint that they kind of like where those guys are. They're not going to send a guy out there that's not going to play uh, to do interviews. I mean, they haven't in the past. It's just not really their MO. So, I think having him out there on Monday for the Zoom meetings with reporters, that's a good sign. I think, as I said earlier, not everyone's going to be 100%, but – I think Chris Smith is as close as he can to being back. And, I mean, that's big for, for Georgia's secondary because they had to – they moved some guys around in that SC championship game, you know, tried new guys out in the nickel and William Poole. And, you know, I think you want to go with, with the guys that, that kind of got you there and you want to go with the guys that you know and trust. And I think having Chris Smith out there next to Lewis Seen, that's, that's the best secondary combo you can kind of ask for out there, Rusty. Yeah, I agree. And bringing him out tells me. I mean, Chris Smith's not a burner. I mean, he's not. I mean, I've known him since high school. This, this he's not a deep end. Uh, you know, he's not a burner. He's a very instinctive player, as you saw in the Clemson game as he jumped a route. He's a really good tackler. Um, but as far as like a deep end safety that can, you know, he doesn't run as well as Lewis Seen. He's not a big time pro prospect like Lewis Seen eventually will be, but. Uh, I think Chris Smith coming, you know, having him having him there in front of the media uh, tells you a lot. He's going to play, and you know, just having him out there makes Georgia better. They need him um, because he's such a great tackler, very very instinctive player. Gregory Wilson, why abandon the run games early? Well, Rusty, what do you think? Why did Georgia abandon the run game so quickly in that SEC championship game? Uh, SEC championship game. I think. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't answer that, but they. They got behind. Now, I felt like they they saw – and listen, I, I make no – I've said it. If John Mechie doesn't get hurt, Georgia might get blown completely out early in the game. They had no answer for Mechie and, and Williams. So, 
Uh, you know, I think Mitchie had 90 yards already before he got hurt. So, you know, at that point, Georgia probably thought, you know what, we may have to we got to sling this thing and try to stay explosive as we can. I think when they go back and looked at that, I think when they went back and looked at that tape, he's like, hey, we were getting success. We were kind of doing this, kind of doing that. Uh, so I, I think if Georgia gets back to that, I think you kind of uh, look at that run game a little bit more and how important it's going to be because Alabama's going to score points. I, they're going to score points. Now, can you limit possessions? Uh, you know, you can't have turnovers for touchdowns, those types of things. But uh, I just don't, you know, I don't want to get too far into Georgia-Alabama because Georgia-Michigan have to play first, and that's a big game on Friday. But they're going to have to score points. Georgia is not going to shut Alabama down like they've smothered everybody else. And um, I think running game w- would be important if that matchup happens again. I know that everyone's still looking back to that Alabama loss and thinking about that. But as Rusty said, this is about the Michigan game for Georgia. They can't they can't keep their eyes they have to keep their eyes forward. They can't keep looking back. And that's a different team than what they're playing on Friday. That's what we're trying to say. This is definitely a line of scrimmage battle. And if we're talking about Georgia's run game, I think it's definitely going to be key to the, to this offense. Because like I said, you're not going to keep Stetson Bennett uh, clean in the pocket if they don't respect the run game. And I think when you have elite edge rushers, when you have an, a, a team that has done really well as far as pressuring the quarterback – I mean, that's that's a great way to, to, to keep them honest is to know that, that you have talented running backs who, who can move the chains. And I think that in this game, I think that's exactly what Todd Monken's going to want to do. I mean, at the same time, they're going to want to keep that their own defense, at, you know, as as fresh as possible and as rested as possible. And a, a good ground game is a key to doing that as well. I think James Cook and Zamir White, those are guys that know that I mean, this could be their last football game if they don't come out there and, and play their best. I think the offensive line knows that as well. And that's, I mean, that's going to be a call to action from from Stetson Bennett, from Jamari Sawyer, from your senior leaders on this team is that we got to go out there and stick to the game plan and not panic if it's not going our way early and continue to do the things that we've done well this year. Because, I mean, at this point in this season, you can't redefine your entire team. These are the guys that got you here. These are guys that are going to have to win it for you. And I, I think that's Georgia's key to this game. And I, I think it, it really, really matches up well for them. But like I said, this is going to be a a powerhouse line of scrimmage battle for all you guys that are fans of, of Lyman. This is a Lyman's game, and we will be here to break it down for you. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Kip Adams. He's Rusty Mansell. You guys take it easy. Bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.